listening to Give Me A Break. Press pause on life and play on us while we talk about the stuff that matters. And the stuff that doesn't. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Give Me A Break. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it is going swimmingly. Um, if you're new here, we are three journos who are chatting about stuff that's happening in the world. And life. Woo. Pretty much. Um, my name's Ailish. I'm Bella. And I'm Nicolette. And thanks for joining us. So the first thing that um, we're going to kick off with today is you've probably seen some of the controversy around it, but basically Meghan Markle has written an opinion piece for the New York Times detailing her experience with her recent miscarriage. And it's a, it's, it's actually a really beautiful piece. Have you guys read it? Yeah. I never did. You oh, should. Yeah, you should. We'll link it in the show notes. It's a really, really beautiful read. It's really sad, as you would expect it to be. Mm-hmm. But the backlash she's received is, like, heartbreaking and also shocking. Um, I read a good article from today's West Australian um, by Kate Emery, which I'll link in the show notes, that I just wanted to grab a few quotes from. And she said, Tiptoe into the cesspit that is social media today and you could be forgiven for thinking that Meghan Markle, Duchess of Sussex, has just murdered a litter of puppies. What Meghan had actually done, of course, is write about her miscarriage in an emotional piece for the New York Times. And then another good quote that I thought was really important when you're considering all the the comments that are saying really horrible things about her is um, Kate wrote that Megan is not the one who is going to be reading the comments branding her a slag or a liar, but you know who will. Ordinary people who don't have a public platform but have also suffered pregnancy loss and who now get to watch a high-profile woman being torn to shreds for writing about her experience and her grief. Every attack on Megan is an attack on them, and they, just as much as she, deserve much better. Oh, 100%. Shameless, the Shameless podcast actually shared um, um, almost like a little um, gallery on their Instagram today of all the comments that they got after they posted about the miscarriage. I saw that. People being like, oh... That's so sad that she had a miscarriage, but I'm not a fan of Megan. And they put up this post which they said, like, God forbid a female celebrity shares a story about plug shares her story publicly and rids herself of the toxic belief that women should be uncomplicated and quiet. But I loved it that when they said I just thought it was really important when they said women it's just um that uninternalized misogyny that we're attacking a woman because she's coming out and speaking about but what she's doing is so powerful yet she's being attacked for it and it just because people don't like her wasn't there a similar thing with Chrissy Teigen yeah yeah because she shared her story about her miscarriage which was I don't know like that's the first celebrity that I've ever heard share her story like that I think so I think as well. as well like until you're in the situation of actually you know being in Megan's situation not only are you in the public eye but you're going through something so traumatic and she's choosing to share it you know, why Why do people have to come out and attack? Like, why is that their first thing? I think it's whenever they see a woman kind of choosing to use their platform and take control of their identity the way they want instead of maybe reading about it in a gossip magazine or something that they turn to attack. But, like, miscarriage is such a common thing and things like stillbirth and problems with pregnancy and it's such a taboo topic to talk about. One in four women miscarriage, I'm pretty sure, is the statistic. I think it's something like that, yeah. That's like when I I did a story recently um, with a woman down where we live who... Was, you should um, definitely link that in the show notes. Yeah, yes. I will. Um, she's raising money for a cold cot 
um, for a local hospital. But basically she was sharing her story about her experience with stillbirth herself. And she was saying that when she started talking to, to the women she knows about stillbirth and miscarriages and stuff, she started finding that more people would open up and be like, I had a miscarriage too, or something happened to me. So it's so much more common than we all think. And I think there's that, that, um, that storyline of all women are eventually, you know, going to meet someone, get pregnant straight away, have, you know, a grow a family. But in reality, like, especially more, we have so much more medical technology, but so many more women actually are coming out now and saying, well, I can't have kids or I'm having a lot, a real hard time having kids or I've been told I can't have kids. Like... That's a good point. I saw an Instagram post, actually. I can't remember where it was, but it was like listing reasons like that. And it's like, that's why you shouldn't ask someone like if they're pregnant or if they're planning on getting pregnant Mm -hmm. because you just don't know what goes on behind the scenes. It's also like, oh, as soon as you, you know, have a boyfriend, the question is, when are you getting married? You get married and the question is like, when are you having kids? And, you know, what if you can't? Yeah, I think it's such a loaded question that can cause someone a lot of trauma because if you've gone through something like a miscarriage, like you don't often don't publicize that. And it's not like you're going to say, oh, we've actually been trying and we couldn't have a baby. Like, that's not what you say. Mm. Yeah, well, I think the other um, I just remembered like other like Australian influencers that shared it was one of the Hembrow sisters lost her child. But I think it was pretty far along. It's about 30 weeks. Oh, wow. And she lost her baby and she shared that story. And Chloe Zett, when she lost her Yes, that's right, when she lost her baby. I remember being actually like so touched by it because I was like, this is a subject that if this happened to me, I would probably straight away be quite scared to talk about it. But Mm -hmm. the more that I see women like that talking about it, I'm like, okay, this is something that would be okay and it's something that we should be talking about and hearing more about. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I definitely think women need to hear more of these stories because it is just so much com- more common than we think. And to go through it, it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, and that's the only way like you can really move through grief is to talk about things and get it out in the open. So honestly, I really applaud Megan for putting her story oh, yeah. out there. 100%. Helping break down Use barriers. Use your pra- platform for good. So we record this on... Thursdays and Thursdays is traditionally thanks. Well, it is Thanksgiving Day today. Happy Thanksgiving, which we don't we don't um, celebrate that in Australia. But you know, it goes into my article, which is about Black Friday. So ahead of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, Oxfam releases report on Australian fashion brands, and this is by Amy Brain uh, Bainbridge. and it's from the ABC, but it's a pretty much talking about the ethics behind the Black Friday sales. So for everyone who, unlike myself, I like myself, sorry, I had no idea why it was called Black Friday. Oh, neither did I. So I Googled it. It's called Black Friday because on a profit sheet at the end of the day, profit is recorded in black and loss is recorded in red. Right. So on this day when all these shops have sales... And they all, like, sell this stuff. They obviously gain heaps of profit. So everyone had, like, black on their profit stretch. Ah. Profit sheet. Is it closed on a Friday, typically the day after Thanksgiving? Is that right? Or no, no, so that they have huge slash sales. Is it like our Boxing Day sales? Yeah, it's like Boxing Day sales, but, like, next level. Right. So the reason I chose this as my topic and article is I actually want to get the opinions of, like, I guess our listeners of... Black Friday sales, are they okay in the rise of consumerism? Like, should all these shops at one time be having these massive sales that we all buy all this stuff and we sort of contribute, I guess, to buying the fast fashion? And mm. 
I guess, moving away from the sustainable, slow fashion of buying pieces that are timeless and lasting forever. And it's, it's I guess it's, it's a hard thing because there's a fine line between profit and that, you know. A lot of businesses that are also startup and sustainable do contribute and participate in Black Friday. And it's just something like it's such an ethical dilemma, like should we be supporting this and supporting these businesses? But should we also be thinking like, is this okay? Like, <laughs> I think it kind of... I guess in my opinion depends on the business that you're supporting so if you're if you kind of do your research into the business and they're having a sale and you're supporting local or you're supporting a slow fashion brand or something like that then I feel like there's no reason not to indulge in their sale because you know they're paying their workers a living wage the um using sustainable fabrics that sort of thing Mm. or something like that but if you're maybe going to a sale for a brand like I don't know, Motel Rocks or something that's known for having um, just kind of or like Zaffle or something that mm. just pushes out the clothing and they're known for being really unsustainable, then it's like obviously yeah, I feel like there's no ethical dilemma there. Yeah. <laughs> this, like the Oxfam report actually like looked at Australian fashion brands and Kmart, Maya, Cotton On were actually all investigated and were seen as really bad performers. So the fact that a lot of advocates say that the marketing events like Black Black Friday are part of the worker exploitation problem because obviously you have to they pay their workers nothing mm-hmm. and then they've got to produce more for these to meet the demand of these massive sales. Yeah, it's like, that's a good point actually. Crazy. I mean, let's be real when we pick up a $30 top in cotton on, yeah. you know, you kind of know that there's some there's not really much ethic behind it. Yeah. And yeah. that's the, it's also that line between especially like we're all three young journalists. Mm. And, like, even when you're a student, it's a really hard to be, like, okay, here's a $30 top or here's a $300 one that's been made in, like, it's great quality yeah. fabric. It'll last forever. It's been made sustainably. And I you, totally get you there. Yeah. <laughs> and you know at the end of the day that all the pieces in my wardrobe that I took that time to think about the purchase and spend that little bit more and know it's come from a good manufacturer and it's beautifully made have lasted so long oh they definitely yeah. last i think it, it is hard because we kind of have to toe that line but at the end of the day i don't think the owner should fall completely on the consumer and i feel like mm. that's that's kind of where capitalism gets us yeah because they kind of say oh okay well it's it's up to us it's up to the people who don't earn much money to change the world and yeah we can be conscious consumers and yeah. kind of think about what we buy and and maybe save up a little bit and get one, something from a sustainable brand but if you need to get a 20 dollar pair of jeans like you need to do that. I think really what we should kind of focus on is maybe putting pressure on the bigger brands instead and saying, hey, what are you paying your workers in Bangladesh? What are their rights? Like, where are you getting your fabrics from? How much waste do you contribute to landfill? That sort of thing. Rather than... Because, yeah, it's up to big businesses to change. Yeah, and I've noticed a lot of um, just recently YouTubers actually coming out with their own labels and a few of them, like Sammy Robinson, you know, she's gone to... She's actually shown the behind the scenes, like, where she sources her stuff from, where she gets things made. Transparency is what we need. Yeah, definitely. And then I guess they can't hide behind anything too if they're being transparent. Yeah, I know there's brands like Spell and the Gypsy from Byron Bay who have been for a long time have stood up to sales like Black Friday because mm-hmm. they just said, like, it, it is a part of that, yeah, exploitation and consumerism. So they're really big and they're such a transparent brand. But like you were saying, Alice, I totally agree that, it yeah, a lot falls on the consumer, but a lot most of it should fall on, 
on the- I think it's like a guilt thing. Like yeah. they kind of make you feel guilty. But at the end of the day, like, yes, we can try do our part, but we're not the ones who are going to change the world. Like it's up to those huge organizations yeah. and stuff. So I yeah, guess. Yeah, because they're always going to have people, especially things like, don't mean to like target them out, but things like Kmart. Yeah. Where it is, it's convenient. It's convenience. It's and, and it's, convenient. it's accessible for yeah. all of us who earn like nineteen dollars an hour. You know, we can go in and buy a shirt for work or something. Yeah, and I think if you are one of those people who makes like a lower wage, you shouldn't be made to feel guilty course, for just yeah. kind of getting by. I mean, we should be making clothes that are sustainable and come from accessible for everyone. Mm. Yeah, actually, H and M have brought out that conscious yeah line, and I wonder. Like, I I've not looked into it enough. I'm sure if I did, I'd find stuff, but. You know, I wonder what actually, it's just like organic food. What classifies you? You've got to go through, do you have to go through extensive classification to get that on your label or, you know, have they paid an extra amount of money to get it? Because I know for a fact there are a lot of brands out there that claim to be in the food industry, claim to be organic, but aren't actually organic. They've just paid for that label. Yeah, that's kind of the same with clothing. There's a kind of like, I guess, a mini influencer I follow um, called Maggie Zhao on Instagram. And she kind of does this thing where she'll like message a brand um, and ask about their sustainability and their ethics and see what they reply and then post it on her Instagram story. And have you guys seen how Glasson's recently launched yes, her like, yeah. eco collection? Yeah, well, she asked them about it and was like trying to figure out how much they pay their workers, like that sort of thing. And she kind of like they weren't really giving her a clear answer. So it's more so like kind of I think what people call is like greenwashing. Yeah. Where it's like you're putting up the, the facade that it's eco-friendly. Yeah. yeah. But really, like, there's still people being exploited hey, behind babes, the scenes. We've got this new eco-friendly label. Like, definitely invest in it. It's twenty, you know, thirty dollars more on top of what you'd normally pay for. Yeah, a shirt. but our You're workers are making the same. Yeah, yeah. So we'd love to hear your opinion on what you think about the Black Friday sale predicament. Yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think. And if you've come across any brands that are really, um, you know, ethically. Bound and yeah let us know your favorite sustainable fashion brands we'll give them a plug we'll try them out with our little money <laughs> so on tuesday scotland became the first country to make tampons and pads available for free um so scottish parliament voted unanimously to make tampons and pads free for anyone that needs them in the country making them the first in the world to do so and i just thought this was so worth talking about um, you know, we're three sure. young women. Yep. Um, I don't know how many boxes of tampons I've been through in my <laughs> lifetime, but I can tell you it would be hundreds and thousands of dollars. Um, and it just, I guess it just annoys me that we have to pay for something we don't, ne- like we don't get the choice to have, mm. you know, that's always bothered me. Um, so a little bit of background under a nationwide program, the bill will require period products to be accessible in schools and public organizations and will require bathrooms to remain stocked. And a few statistics, they're a bit UK specific, but one in 10 girls in the UK have been unable to afford period products, according to a 2017 survey from Plan International UK. The survey also found that nearly half of all the girls aged 14 to 21 are embarrassed by their periods, while about half had missed an entire day of school because of them. Wow, like that that's just crazy. Um, I couldn't imagine, I, I mean, I have to say I'm pretty thankful that when I was younger, I was able to, you know, get all those sanitary products on thanks to my parents because you know, I had a part-time job and whatnot. But, you know, my mum, whenever we went to Coles, would super embarrass me down the, sh- you know, <laughs> down the tampon <laughs> Yeah, aisle. what do like, you want? Do you need anything, hon? And I'm like, mum, you asked me this three weeks ago. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> so I can't imagine not having to, A, be able to afford that stuff and, you know, not be able to use it. 
um, when you need to. Like that. Yeah, it'd be so scary being a young person and kind of coming to terms with getting your period and then thinking, how am I supposed to get these this, products? Yeah. It's actually so heartbreaking when you hear that young girls are missing school because they can't mm. afford that stuff. It's, it's actually really sad. And when you go to other countries like third world countries like I know in Cambodia there's a massive taboo around periods and yeah and you like can't go into certain sacred places and that sort of thing so in my tradition as an orthodox we usually fast over the Easter period which means we can't eat any meat products or anything that has blood and then on the Sunday we have communion and we break our fast now if you've got your period you're not you're allowed to go to church you're not allowed to receive communion even if you fasted because having your period is seen as like a disgusting thing is that not the most that's crazy, whack thing ever? Yeah. <laughs> I just, it doesn't make any sense. Make yeah. it make sense. It's written by old dudes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, it's just it's just amazing that it's taken so long. And good on Scotland for being the first. Like, I, I really hope that we see some kind of a change in Australia. Isn't it crazy that it's 2020 and we're still having firsts like this? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think it was only last year, actually, that Australia got rid of the GST and tampons right. yeah. and pads. Oh, my gosh. I remember that. And, you know, you hear the jokes about, like, oh, put the tax back on, like, from jokes. But it's like, why do we even Why do we even have a tax? Why did no one question this before? Like, yeah, well, because I get it, because they can make so much money off it. Like, yeah. cigarettes, alcohol, I understand taxing. That's but fine. people kind of do those by a choice. Yes, you may get addicted to them, but, we like, it's by a choice in the beginning. down there, like, you know? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I hope that Australia can get to something like that mm. down the line because there must be so many people who are so scared when it comes to their time of the month and they don't know what to do. And, like, let's be real, it's expensive. It oh, adds yeah. up. Yeah, oh, 100%. And, like, that's when I've, like, now started looking at other alternatives, like, you know, Modi Body Undies plug. They're the best things ever. Or, like, <laughs> Diva Cups and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't tried a cup yet, but... I have friends that have and rave about oh, it. Oh, yeah, we have a friend that has as well, and she says it's really it's good. really good. Yeah, and I know it's all about finding what works for you. Of course. But, yeah, there are so many other things, but also they can be quite expensive too, and mm. there, are, there are especially people that can't – like, if you can't afford sanitary products like – They can't afford expensive period underwear as well. Yeah. yeah. And it's definitely all about privilege. Yeah. yeah, and things like that, like, that's a basic human need. Like, every majority of women – you know, menstruate. The fact that uh, some people can't have access to that is crazy and we all should. So my grandma grew up in the village um, in Greece and she was saying when she was younger, she, obviously those sorts of things weren't really around back then and they had to use like cloth nappies oh inside their undies. Oh. when they, And then once they had finished, wring out that nappy and wash it. Like, could you imagine that? Back, I just, uh, yeah. No I know like people that, you know, that once they reached that age, they just stopped going to school. Yeah. Because there were no... They're missing out on education and that impacts their Yeah, and that's why and... so many girls fall behind. Yeah. I mean, I miss school, like, not because I didn't have access to those things, but because... Cramps and of, things like, like that. And yeah, and there's such a taboo around, oh, it's just your period. Uh, I hate that. That makes me so... Like, it gets... It's yeah. so annoying because it shouldn't be a taboo thing. That's like, did you guys see, was it Modi Body that had the, oh, that the ad. controversial oh, ad? Amazing. No, I, I yeah. never saw this. I actually first saw it on LinkedIn. I think I saw it on YouTube. I meant to have it as a topic one week, so this works perfectly. They had um, an advertising campaign and it featured like period blood multiple times throughout the ad and it got banned from some places, oh, I'm pretty sure. It got too. Yeah, yeah, the internet cracked it. Oh. Yeah, but they, um, I think Facebook had to apologise for taking it down. 
There you go. Which is like it was actually a really great ad. It was so relatable. But yeah, it's just it's it's refreshing to see that kind of we're making some type of progress. Like at the end of the day, like yeah, it is kind of gross because like it's blood and like no one wants to see that. I mean, but do you it's think not we disgusting. enjoy seeing it? Come <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, like it's not something that should be like super gross and yeah. you can't talk about it. Like yeah. so many people bleed. It's natural. Yeah. We're all going through it. But True. at least Scotland's one step ahead. Yeah. Woo. Go the Scots. Ladies, let's dive into our recommendations. What have you got for me this week? So I've got um, the Nike Run Club app. So for everyone out there that hates running or is a runner, I actually used to hate running and now I've kind of started to enjoy it because of the Nike Run Club app. It's actually really good. So at the moment, a group of my friends are doing the 100Ks before Christmas challenge that we started ages ago. But um, like you don't have to run. You can walk it and um, it's actually really enjoyable and there's like really encouraging voices that sometimes cute. you finish a run and it's like, yeah, you go. And you're like, oh, well, I did do it. I love that. <laughs> That's what Strava needs. <laughs> That's yes. what Couch to 5K has, but she's not that enthused. This she's... guy's actually, like, not annoying. I'm like, yay, thanks. <laughs> I love when I go on my Couch to 5K app and she's like, well done on running again, choosing to run today. And I'm just like, I don't fucking have a choice. Like, I signed <laughs> up for shit. Like, making myself do it for eight weeks. <laughs> um, no, that's good. No. I'd have to try and Highly recommend it. Um, I have for you a bit of an alcoholic beverage. Oh, Ooh, a beverageino. Yes. Okay. I'm not sure if you're a fan of kombucha, but I really am. And I like, I like the taste, you know, it's a bit of fermented tea, but it doesn't taste like it. It's like a fizzy drink, but healthy, got all these great health benefits, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I don't think they're necessarily new, but I came across them on the weekend when I was at a winery. Um, Ooh. I did also drink Ooh. wine, just disclosure. Um, they're called K-Booch. They're kombucha alcoholic drinks. I'm pretty sure it is kombucha and, um, uh, vodka mixed together. I think they're like one standard drink each or something. And I know that you can get them at Dan Murphy's for all you Aussies out there. Um, but I just thought they were so good, so refreshing, and like a good alternative to cider. Cider always makes me bloat heaps. Yeah, I'm a home cider, but it does. It makes you big. Yeah, and these are like like having a bit of a um, cheeky beverage, but a healthy kind of one. In you a feel way. good doing it. Yeah, guilt free, guilt free, guilt free. Dude, you should just be their salesperson. I know, you really I know. pitched it here. I have. Well, my recommendation is something you can get your ears stuck into. It's Benny's new album. It's called Hey You X. And it's just, it's really good. I've been waiting for an album from Benny for a hot minute. And I really recommend. Good. I'll have to listen to that on my drive to Yeah, it's fun. It's like some of the songs are a bit like chill, but it's just like nice, like a bit of electropop Hasn't she just got such a good vibe? Yeah. And her voice, she's just like, she does cool shit. And she looks like a dream. She looks like that kind of girl that you look at and you're like, I want to be you. Yes. I want to be you and be friends with you. I'm so cool. Yeah, I know. Essentially. And isn't she like super young? How old is she? I think she's around our age. I love that. And girls our way doing things. Catch Benny on our podcast. Oh, please, Benny. If you're listening, (laughs) if you're listening, Benny, hit us up. We are very free for interviews. Every um, every day of the week, hit me up. Uh, I think that's all we've got for you today, guys. I think it is. Thank you so much for listening. Um, As always, we'll have all the articles linked in the show notes. Let us know your thoughts. Be in your ears again next week. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye.